Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Um, I've, I've grown up in church. There's been times in my life that my Christian walk wasn't doing so well. There's been times when uh, I may have been sitting up the back of church talking when the pastor was preaching. Not that any of you in the room would be doing that. But there was times when I wasn't focused on what God was doing. Listen, there was times when maybe I skipped out on church a little bit and didn't get back in the house of God uh, just because I, I, I wasn't doing so good in myself. And listen, there was times when I didn't want to be in church because I knew what I was doing all week didn't match what the preacher was going to be preaching about and I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Anyone ever been to church with a moment like that? You can keep those hands down. But I've grown up in church. Listen, when I was young, we were in a church in a small country town called Taree. And, uh, you know, that church was actually so similar to City Point West. It was, uh, you know, just an a awesome community of people across ages, uh, you know, across cultures. Uh, it, it was a great place to be in church. And when we finished church every Sunday, uh, we would finish church by singing a song together as a church. And the song was, I love this family of God. Does anyone remember that old school song? Shelly, you remember that? back in the day uh, and we would do this we would like just stand up for a second guys stand up in the front row here we would hold hands across the church and we would oh you can't hold your hand and we would sing like this I love this family of God so closely knitted into one thank you very much I've got an album coming out uh, in the winter and that's like the headline song in my album. We used to do this every single Sunday. I love this family. I just remember being a kid and we'd hold hands and like right across the rows and we'd sing. When I think back to us, like it is wow, but corny wow, unfortunately, a little bit. Uh, you remember that, Shelley, right? You do, you do. Uh, I remember like way back in the day doing that. I love this family of God. Listen, it was corny wow, but it was also powerful wow because we, we were a church community. After church, we'd hang, we'd eat, we'd have fun, uh, we'd laugh. And it was an amazing church just like this one where people cared for each other. Uh, people did love the family of God and the family of God stretched across bigger than the family. Listen, I grew up in church uh, when I was a little kid being passed around from person to person. Uh, I swear somewhere in amongst it, I probably got mixed up and uh, I don't look like anyone else in my family. So it's highly likely that that's the case. No one else went bald. Um, the rest of my family are a little bit larger than me. Um, this is, you know, I don't look like my dad. I don't look like my mum. So maybe in amongst that, I got mixed up and there's somebody down in Taree that looks a little like me. I'm not quite sure. But in this, you know, this church community, I was raised by the village. Uh, after church on Sunday was usually going to someone else's house when mum and dad were seeing people. Uh, funny story. My brother, my brother, uh, off, he was younger than three years younger than me. So he literally just, you know, my parents didn't even know who he was for years, I'm sure, because he just got passed around to so many people. Everyone just looking after him. I remember him going to church, uh, going to a family's place after church one day and and my brother was never one for eating salads. And uh, this family they went to was very strict on if you don't eat everything on your plate, you had to stay at the table. 
they served my brother a salad for lunch and said, if you don't eat your salad, you're not allowed to leave the table. You know what? My brother sat at that table till night church. And finally the woman got him up and put him in the car and drove him to night church. He never ate that salad. You know, we were raised by the village. Let me tell you right there, he never went to that house again. And that village didn't raise him too much more. Actually bumped into that lady a few years ago and she said to my brother, you are still the stubbornest kid I've ever met. You know, we're raised by that village of church community and, and doing life together and, and, you know, again, right across all cultures, all ethnicities, we just had fun together in the house of God. I love the fact that we have that here because we are created to be together. We are created to be connected across culture, across age. We are created as a church to stand together. In fact, Ecclesiastes says this, two are always better than one. Being alone. Our biggest challenge is that some of us have such challenges is that sometimes we like to be alone. Has anyone noticed that being alone with your thoughts is always bad? Anyone get alone with their thoughts every now and then? All of a sudden, the challenges that we have are bigger than ever. I was sitting down with a couple of young people recently and you know, they started talking through their challenges and when it comes to finances and different situations and I started speaking to them about their finances. You know, two minutes of speaking to them about their finances, they went, I can actually do this. I can start saving. I can start doing that. That's actually really simple. Yeah, yeah, because you've been stuck in your own mind for a long period of time. And when we start talking about relationships, we start talking about other issues that are so big, but when others come involved and we start to let faith come to those things together, two are always better than one. Others are always great to help us get out of our mess, get out of our silly thinking, get out of what goes on in our minds. And listen, we are created to be together. You know, off the back of Pastor Steve and, and our life group leaders last week, I want to jump off the back of this with the thought of why, why is it that God wants us to be together? Why is it that we should do this as church? Why is it we should walk in this way? I want to give you a couple of thoughts today. And the first one is one that I'm actually reticent to give uh, because it's the lowest common denominator for why we should do what we do, why we should be together in church, why we should be a part of life groups, why we should be connected. It's, it's literally the lowest common denominator. And in fact, some of you in this room, for me to say this, I feel tough because I feel like it could turn some of us off because the first reason we should be together is God commands us to be together. Some of you in the room are like me. When you're commanded to do something, you don't want to do it. Can I have an amen from some stubborn people in the room that hate being told anything. Listen, the Bible tells us, yes, Deb, I know that's you. I understand. You don't need to laugh. Don't need to giggle. We already knew it was you. Listen, the Bible says this. It says, let us... Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some of you do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Listen, the day of His return is nearer than ever. We live in a crazy, crazy world. I was on the phone to Pastor Mark. He's still over in the States and I was talking to him during the week and, and, and we're chatting and he made this statement. He said, we live in a Babylon era. 
on how the church can outwork within Babylon. We, we don't live in a Christian society any longer. We, we live in the post-Christian society where it could be even impossible to do Christian schooling in the future and the difficulties that exist even just to do church into the, into the coming years uh, could be huge. And, and, and we're talking through the reality of, of, of what it looks like to, to outwork in this society. And we're just chatting that through. and We're talking about the, the reality of what's happening. And, you know, Pastor Mark made the statement, there's no, no doubt Jesus is coming back soon. He's like, the world we live in, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that God's moving. And there's no doubt that we need a move of God in preparation for His return. But listen, the writer of Hebrews says this, don't neglect being together. Now, again, I'm reticent to say this because some of you in the room already is like, stop telling me what to do, Pastor Tim. I want to get together and hang out with people I want to do. Or if I don't, I won't. Listen, I've I got to be clear. The Word of God tells us to do this. It says, let's get together. Let's be together. Let's make sure we're connected. Let's make sure we're involved in the house. Let's, not, let's make sure we don't skip out on the, on the gathering together. You, you know, we live in a post-COVID society and there's no doubt COVID has affected the way that we do things. Uh, we've cancelled more things in the last two years than I think we've cancelled in 20 plus years of ministry in the years before that. Uh, we had priority realignments. We worked from home. We had all the differences of what we do. But I honestly think we need a fresh kingdom realignment in our lives to realise right across the globe that the house of God is so essential and it's still essential even after COVID. It was essential before and it's still essential today to be in the house, to be a part of the house. I am grateful that we have online. Uh, these guys, you know, might not know, they live like an hour away from where, where we are here at church. And so good to see you guys back in the house of God. I know it's been so tough. Canon 1030 service is very difficult for these guys and, and great to see you in the house. I know they're always online, prayer meeting, watching the services. That's an amazing thing. But to be in the house of God, there is nothing like it. God's created us for it. We need that realignment back into our lives for service for involvement, for, for, for being a part of what God's doing, for, you know, for some of us just to, to find that connection into a life group where we realign ourselves back into relationships for our world. It's so important for our lives. I want to finish it there because I know if I keep telling you, you have to do this, it's going to be difficult for you. But let's go on from that to look at the realities of, again, why we get involved together, why we do this thing. Second reason we do it is it's a great place of growth. Everything I have learned, everything of importance in my life has been learned in the kingdom of God, has been taught in the house of God. I think of the gift of leadership that I had. The gift of leadership I have was taught by leading in the house of God. The heart for service that I have of people, of community, started in the house of God serving here started with doing simple things like being on a host team or putting out chairs or, or, or being involved in different areas of youth ministry. Everything that I have learned has been taught. The gifts, the talents have been taught in the house of God. You know, it's incredible when you, when you look at our lives and look at what God's trying to grow in us, teach us, build in us. Uh, it, it is done so well in the house of God. For me, I've had great leaders in my life continually that have taught me great things. 
I'm grateful for the Pastor Mark Ramsey's, the Pastor Mike Mulherans. I'm grateful for the Pastor Ross Abrahams, the, the Pastor Stuart Moncrease. I'm grateful for, for these men uh, that have spoken so much into my life and helped me to grow and to build who I am and who I am as a leader. I, I think back to the years when I first started serving with Pastor Mark and, and an opportunity came for me to, to be involved in some areas of spearfishing, but also in, in pastoral work. I remember speaking to, to Pastor Mark and just going, listen, I, I don't want to divide just what I'm doing here. I remember him saying to me, hey, Tim, you're big enough to do both. And I was like, wow, my leader believes in me. He thinks I can do it. And then he sat down and helped me think through business aspects of my world. I am grateful for the men and, and the women of God that have spoken into my world, spoke into who I am, spoke into helping me to become bigger. Listen, I am grateful for the great messages that I've heard over these last goodness knows how many years of sitting in church. The messages that have challenged me to say, there is more to God. The messages that challenge me to say, there is more to me. The, the messages that challenge me to realise there is more to what the house of God is in my life. These great messages of sitting in the house of God. Listen, sometimes I wasn't always focused and listening. Uh, some of you are leaning in, some of you are leaning back. Listen, sometimes I was there leaning in. Other times I was just trying to lean back and all of a sudden those messages were getting in my ear and making me realise, gee, I need to change some things in my world. I am grateful for the house of God for that. It caused me to grow. It caused me to be bigger and better in all that God had for me in my life. I'm grateful for the moments that I sat in church and I heard the Word of God and it challenged me to go back to the Word of God. It challenged me to let the Word of God speak to me, speak to my life, speak to who I am. I am so grateful for those things in my world. Jonathan Merritt said this, We are word-shaped beings who live, word, live word-shaped lives within word-shaped communities. I'm grateful that we have a church right here that values and loves the Word of God, that preaches the Word of God that opens up the Word of God. Listen, I know sometimes preaching the Word of God makes us uncomfortable. I know sometimes the Word of God makes me uncomfortable to preach it. I know it makes me uncomfortable to hear it sometimes. But I am grateful we're in a community that's uncomfortable sometimes in the truth of who God is and who His Word tells us that He is. Listen, great community is supposed to keep challenging us Challenge us to seek God. Challenge us to seek His Word. Challenge us to grow in our lives. I'm grateful that it has continually caused me to grow and enlarge in who I am. And I think of life groups, Pastor Lydia. When I was a young man, just recently married, and I started being involved in the house of God. And, and as most young men that recently get married, I was a terrible husband. Can I have an amen from a honest husband in the room when we first get married we think we've got it all together but five minutes later our wife is clear in telling us we don't we, we uh, got invited to a to a young marriage life group I, I remember this time uh, Pastor Wendy was so keen on going to the young marriage life group and I was pretty keen on staying home uh, I think back to that, uh, good friends of, of, of Wendy and I, uh, Phil and Justine Campbell, were running uh, this life group. And 
I remember Wendy talking to me and saying, you know what, I'm going to this life group and if you don't come, I'm going by myself. Uh, listen, I'm like you, Deb. She, she put the ultimatum on me, which is a certainty that I'm not going to that life group. So I'm like, all right, help yourself. I'm staying home. Uh, at the time, we only had one car and Wendy's like, all right, I'm going. You know, like 10 minutes later, I get a phone call from my leader at the time, Pastor Ross Abraham. And you know what he says to me? Number one, you're an idiot. <laughs> what makes you think you don't need to go to that uh, young marriage life group when your wife is so keen to go to that life group? What are you doing sitting, sitting at home? And I'm like, oh, I was about a big day. I didn't want to go. And honestly, I didn't want to be told that I was being a bad husband. That's the honest truth of it. When you've been telling me enough, I knew everyone else was going to agree with her. So I was happy to stay at home. Again, he reiterated, you're an idiot. And he said, I've already rung you a cab. I know you don't have a car, so you can't even use that excuse. I've rung you a cab. I paid for your cab. You're going to that life group. I went to the life group. Can I be honest? I am really grateful I went to that life group. You know, over the next, we, we committed six months to this life group. And for the next six months, we built great friendships with other young marrieds that were in the church. People that are still our friends to this day were in that life group with us. Uh, you know, we got some great insights and I needed every single one of those insights into my life and into my marriage. It built a relationship with a life group leader that enabled them to really speak into me and challenge me as a man, challenge me as a, as a, as a husband and in how I outwork my life. I am grateful for a pastor, a leader that stopped and said, you're an idiot right now. Secondly, said, get there. I, I'm not even taking no any longer for an excuse. He was my boss, so it was very difficult to say no to him at that time. But he got me there, challenged me. You know, those challenges to growth are really important in the life of the church. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend uh, sharpens a friend. Sometimes growth is uncomfortable. And, and I understand this. Sometimes your growth comes by the people in church that press your buttons a little bit. I, I know we'll look around this room and we think everybody in the room around us is perfect. But sometimes there's people in church life that aren't perfect and they're frustrating to us. And listen, even that helps us to grow. I think of 20, almost 24 years in July of being a pastor. In those 24 years, my early years of being a pastor was sometimes pastoring some really challenging people. And I'm grateful for them people because they prepared me to pastor you lot in this room. Yeah. Yeah, even you challenging light in this room. It was preparation. I've been sharpened by challenging people. I could tell you stories of challenging people. People that I offended sometimes because I can be a little challenging sometimes. And people that offended me. Yes, I do think, Deb. And people that offended me, like Deb did just now. Made me strong enough, listen, to deal with and work with challenging people. This is the beauty of church. Sometimes the challenges in the house of God and the people in the house of God are making you. They're making you strong enough to deal with business world that's tough. They're making you strong enough to deal with people in your world outside in a work environment that just 
drive you crazy and make you want to quit but listen you've learned how to deal with people in those situations and the house of God has caused you to grow third reason that we are here to be called into connection of us is that there's a great place of belonging in the house of God psychology today article recently came out talking about the the importance of belonging they said this belonging is a universal human need it's ingrained in our motivation as a species it's a universal human need we are created to belong and listen we're created to belong in godly community Jessica Nicholas said this I thought that righteous people were the types of people that like rules for the sake of rules but really righteous people love things like people relationships happiness connection holistic prosperity and community righteous people are called into godly community together to belong to to be connected and be made up in as men and women of God together we are created for that we have a need for belonging Deborah Filetta said this uh What if our loneliness is the result not simply of needing a partner, but of needing people? We are made in the image of a relational God. It makes sense that we possess the desire to be together. We are made in the image of a God of relationship. So we're called to walk in relationship, to connect with other people. Again, I go back to our song. I love this family of God. That, that song was again corny but it was powerful because we always knew that we were connected and we belonged we belonged to that family you know that was a family that we celebrated water baptism with people that was a family that we ate together that was a family that we we'd go and connect with people after church and go back to people's homes and listen some of those things are old school but I think it's time that we go back to some of those things and after service instead of just rushing to your car so you can get out of the car park before everybody else stop grab somebody invite them back to your house I know that's not always how we do things invite them back and connect with somebody and talk to them about life group find out what's been happening in that place and get connected into it listen if we don't find our place of belonging here we always find our place of belonging elsewhere and understand the devil understands we need belonging and he counterfeits it it counterfeits it right now we see across our community in, in young people getting involved in gangs a counterfeit community and belonging to a place that's wrapped in brokenness you know I, I think as I talk to young people in our community I, I see some of the young men being involved today in different situations and young women as well being involved in different situations that unfortunately has taken some of our incredible young men and putting them in prison today because of their belonging is wrapped up in a place of brokenness i think of our some of our incredible african young boys some of our young boys that come through our youth ministry who are today in prison because of their affiliation that came outside of the connection in the house of god into involvement in other situations i, I think of at least two young boys that were here in the house of god today in, in prison because of their connection that was in the counterfeit outworking of belonging listen God wants us to belong and there's a place of belonging here that's wrapped up in the house of God and I pray our young men and young women find that belonging here in our in our in our youth ministry in our in our kids ministry and then here within the church community listen I speak to some of the older men in this room 
You feel like being in church is for you to sit here and hear a message, but sometimes being in church here is for you to sit and connect with some of the young men in this room and to stand with them and bring life beside them and walk with them and, and encourage them. Some of the young men that are raising up without dads and right here, you already got your family, but listen, there's other family in the house that need you. Young men, young women need you to stand with them. Help them to find their place of belonging before something else helps them find a place of belonging and we're visiting them in prison. I'm sick and tired of that in our community. And it's time we change that in our community. And the place of belonging is here for us in the house of God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 to 11 says this, Most importantly of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. Oh man, I could preach for a thousand years on the power of what that verse just says right there. Love covers a multitude of sin. I don't know if you noticed or not, but our western suburbs of Brisbane has a multitude of sin and needs a multitude of love. Needs a church that doesn't judge, but comes with a love and compassion for people in such a powerful way. Cheerfully share your home with those who need, verse 9 says, who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from His, His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift of speaking? Speak as though God Himself was speaking through you. Do you have a gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. A place of belonging where you can love others, care for others, stand with others, believe with others and bring what you have to the table. Leads me to my next point. Verse 11 says, do you have a gift? You know what? When we're involved in the house of God, we find a purpose that's bigger than me. Listen, coming to the house of God helped me to find a purpose that's bigger than me. I needed that because as a young teenager, I was very selfish. I'll be honest with you. My life was about me, my money what I do with my wealth, what I want to do with my plans and what I want to do with my future, how I want to work my life. That was the selfishness of who I was. But when I got involved in the house of God, it went from me to us, to me serving us, who we are. Do you have a gift? Peter says, do you? It's a great question. Do you have a gift? What's your gift? What's your gift that you can bring to the house of God? I look around this room. There are some of the greatest servants in the house of God and you bring your gift to service. There are some powerful prayer warriors in the house of God and you bring your gift of intercession. There's some businessmen and women in this house. You bring your gift of finance and that's what God has gifted you with. Others in the house, you love people and hospitality. See Pastor Lydia and say, that's me. I want to be involved. I would be a life group leader. Listen, you may say, I can't teach anybody anything and I need someone to come and help. We'll help you do that. You've got a gift of hospitality. Bring that gift. Do you have a gift? The greatest thing I found is I came to the house of God, not with big gifts. I came to the house of God with small gifts. If I'm honest, you, you see me today as a 46-year-old pastor. When I came to the house of God as a 19-year-old ratted out teenager that's just found Christ. My only gift set was being stupid with teenagers. Honestly, that was my only gift set. I was crazy. I surfed. I, I skated. 
and I did stupid, crazy stuff with teenagers. Andy Springer, he would tell you, he remember when I first come to Christ and we were involved in youth ministry together. I didn't bring great ability to share the gospel. I didn't bring great leadership. I had no leadership ability other than the fact that people wanted to follow me because I was nuts and crazy. And kids love that. And you know what? That gift set I brought to the house and that gift set enabled me to bring a lot of teenagers to the house of God. You know, we saw hundreds of kids get saved because I just did crazy stuff with them. That was my whole gift set. If you're a bit crazy, maybe you need to come and get involved in youth ministry with some other crazy people like Braden. What gift do you have? What gift? What do you have to bring? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, but rather be a one mind, unified in thought and purpose. In thought and purpose. Listen, we have a purpose. One of our great purposes is to see the western suburbs of Brisbane changed for Jesus Christ. That's our purpose, to change this region for Jesus. We have a purpose. Jesus said, go make disciples. Peter asked, do you have a gift? Do you? Share it. If you have a gift, share it, sow it. Listen, when you sow it, when you sow your gift, your gift grows. Listen, we talked about growth before. The past you see before me is because I kept sowing my gifts, the little that I had, the little, the little, the little. I cared about kids. I, I loved people. I sowed that and leadership began to grow and enlarge. And, and listen, I, when I first preached, I was the worst preacher in Australia. There's no doubt about it. But I sowed it and I got involved and I kept preaching and God developed a gift in my life that's enabled me to communicate Christ all over the world. It's a gift. So we sow it, God grows it. Bring what you have and you realise, listen, this is bigger than me. Sometimes we come to church, our problems seem too big. But when we look at the kingdom of God, my problems get small and I realise that the purpose of what we are is bigger than every problem I ever had. Finally, sometimes we need to realise we get involved in the church because there's moments that we need to be lifted up. Sometimes we come to church with a big smile. Sometimes we come to church with a frown and a tear rolling down our cheek. Sometimes we come to church feeling great. Sometimes we come to church feeling terrible. I look across this room. There's some people smiling here this morning and some people just grateful that they're here because the week and life's been so difficult. Health's been tough, but you're here in the house of God. And I realise this about church. Sometimes we're ministering and helping people. Sometimes we're laying on the hospital bed and being helped. You know, this week I went to Pastor Sam Gunz's funeral. And listen, I've served God beside Pastor Sam in Carolina for 20 plus years. We've been pastors together and served in youth ministry together way back in the day. Many years of serving together. I've watched Carolina, Pastor Carolina, serve so many people, love on so many people. But I also watched at that funeral so many people loving on her and serving her. Beautiful thing beautiful thing you know what she's going to have a bit of time on the hospital bed and that's okay she just lost her husband you know she's trying to now raise four kids 
And, and listen, I look across this room. I know many of us in this room have been through hospital bed moments. Some of you during the week contacted me. What, what can we do for Pastor Carolina? Can we help in any way? Uh, you, you can give a love offering towards them. There, there's an opportunity to do that. Uh, if you jump on your app or online, you can do that. I know some of you said, hey, we want to do something and bless that family. We want to we do it anonymously. You can do it in that way as well. Just jump online. Uh, you can give and you can help bless them as they go through this really, really difficult season for their lives. But we all have moments when we're sitting on the hospital bed. This is the beauty, the absolute beauty of the church. Can I give two disclaimers, please? Two disclaimers. Number one, it is impossible for the church to help you if you don't tell anybody you need help. Impossible. I know people who left church offended that I didn't help them and I didn't know they needed help. I didn't know. I didn't tell anybody until five years later they tell me, you didn't help me. I didn't know you needed help. Listen, I am prophetic in many ways. But I'm not perfectly prophetic. We have a growing church, a growing community. And in a growing community, we need communication. And part of life group is being in a place in a growing community where communication happens a lot easier. And it helps us to just know what's happening in your life and in your world as your, as your life group leaders interacting with you and then interacting even with us as a pastoral team to let us know sometimes when you're going through tough moments. You know, it's not always easy to do that. Uh, and, and we need to have that communication in a growing setting. Uh, listen, I have got three sons and I don't always know what's going on with them unless they communicate. And, and communication is really important as we, as we do that, as we talk and we and let people know what's happening in our world. Second disclaimer, don't always be that person that's always got problems. Listen, sometimes we can have an identity of problems. Even when there's not a problem, we need to make a problem because we feel like making a problem makes me feel loved. We are in a healing community. A community where you can be healed. Listen, some things I know don't heal easily. Some heart issues take time to heal and, and, and there's a lot of emotion that goes on in that. But in amongst that, don't, don't put on the identity in this community as a broken person. Jesus came to heal. And in this community, we believe in healing. Listen, in situations, some situations like Pastor Sam, his healing now is in the arms of Jesus and he's no longer with us in the flesh. And that's okay as well. That's a part of life. But in amongst that, we have to heal together. Galatians 6.2, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another. You may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Listen, we are in a healing community. There's no gang in our city that's a healing community. There's no pub in our city that's a healing community. There's no club in our city that's a healing community. This is the healing community because the beauty of what Jesus is about is healing in our hearts and in our lives. Let me give one last quote as I, as I finish. Love musicians to come back. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a pastor uh, in the 1940s in Germany. He was killed by the Nazis in Germany. 
because uh, he continued to serve God and be a great pastor in that community. Uh, he said this, Every Christian community must realise that not only do the weak need the strong, but also the strong cannot exist without the weak. The elimination of the weak is the death of fellowship. What a powerful statement of a man that kept loving a community right until his death, until the Nazi Germans uh, executed him. He understood that there was a season of time that everybody needs everybody. One day you're going to be on the hospital bed. The next day you're going to be standing there holding somebody else's hand as they lay on that hospital bed. This is the beauty of community. Every now and then we need to be lifted up. Listen, I'm grateful for those of you that lift me up with encouragement and I'm grateful for the times that I'm lifting you up. This is the beauty of community. The beauty of us doing this together. Let's pray of this community. Holy Spirit of God, we thank You for the beauty of us. City Point West, what an incredible community. Lord Jesus, we thank You for what You've done in the past. But God, we thank You for what You're continuing to do here. Help us, Lord. Help us to be patient with others. Help us when we're lifting others up. Help us when we need lifting ourselves. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.